0: The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff They comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
1: Good morning. Hey, that was pretty good. I, and we didn't even rehearse that. That was, that was really good. Praise the Lord. Before we get started, uh, a prayer request was given to me this morning uh, for Caleb Bell, who will be going to uh, train in Texas as he serves our country and then perhaps deployed elsewhere after that. And He's going to be separated from his family uh, for that time for 20 weeks. Uh, that's a big deal. So I just thought we might begin by praying for Caleb. Lord, thank you so much that no matter what the situation is, you're our shepherd. Even if we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you're our shepherd. You're always there. You always love us. You always care for us. And so, Lord, I know that you care for Caleb. And Lord, I know that you care for his family as well, his family who, who will be missing him dearly. But Lord, thank you that you can work through those circumstances, that you can make beautiful things out of difficult situations. Thank you for his dedication to our country. Thank you for the family that uh, is left behind in a sense, but not behind, just in a different place. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to ask you all a question, and if you wouldn't mind, if, if you would respond by the raising of hands. How many here would like some encouragement this morning? Okay. I saw a few people that didn't have their hands up. I guess you're just really happy or you think you can't get any encouragement. But you can! Because God's Word is powerful and it does encourage us so much. I trust that's what Psalm 23 will do for us today. That it will encourage us. There are some Psalms that that are talking about crying out in in sorrow or crying out in pain, but this psalm is crying out in joy, and God wants us to, to, to see that, to feel that, to experience that, because he cares about each one of us, and he wants to be our shepherd, our loving shepherd. We'll do that in three segments. The first segment, uh, we'll, we'll look at the five, one, five of the most beautiful words in the whole Bible. The Lord is my shepherd. Five beautiful words. And then we'll look at five, at, at five other things. We'll look at five, if I can look, now I have to look at my notes to know what we're going to look at. So you'll know before I do. There will be five insights that a shepherd has for it. And then we'll look at 10 things that we can praise the Lord for. I'm calling that section, you, me, and Jesus. And we'll be praising him at that time. So let's look at these five words of encouragement. I can't see on the back screen. You tell me, what does it say on the front screen? The Lord is my shepherd. Ah, very good. I always wanted everybody to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I found out how to do it. All right, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, let's, let, how many words is that? Five words, okay. Let's, let, can you put up a hand? One, two, three, four, five. Now, if we did that with two hands, man, we're praising the Lord now. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. Such beautiful, great words. Look at the fifth word, for instance, Shepherd. What does the shepherd do? The shepherd guides. A shepherd feeds. A shepherd protects. That's a good thing that a shepherd does that for his sheep. But what does the Lord do for us that's anything like that? He does that so wonderfully. The shepherd guides us. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's where we get our guidance for life. Folks that don't know the Lord, they don't have guidance. They don't have a a true and a meaningful purpose. But we have that through the Lord. He is our shepherd. He feeds us. An interesting verse in Jeremiah 15, 16, it says, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word became to me the gladness and joy of my heart. It's like I ate them. I, I, I took them all in. That's what God's word is. It's feeding us. It's giving us the energy. It's giving us the direction that we need. He guides us. He feeds us. And he protects us. Psalm 18:2 says, "The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust." Oh, the Lord is so great. He protects us. Just like a shepherd would protect his sheep, the Lord protects us at all times. And notice the fourth word in that phrase, "my." He's my shepherd. It's personal. It's not just some theological term, the Lord is my shepherd. This is personal. The Lord is my shepherd. He cares about me. He cares about you. He cares about Caleb Bell. He cares about every single person that's here today. He cares for those people that are listening online today. Hi, Arlene Leonard. I know you're watching this in the nursing home. One free shout out, I'm allowed. He cares for us. He's my shepherd. It's personal for him. Let's go back to the third word from the end. Is. The word is is even important. Because it says it's a stated fact. As we've trusted the Lord, he is our shepherd. It's not a maybe. It's not a might. It's maybe I wish. It's not maybe I hope. It's He is our shepherd. We can know that for a fact. He cares for us that much. He is our shepherd. Go to the the other word there, the Lord. The Lord. That's where the power for all this comes from. What we rely on is not some general idea, not a cosmic force. We don't rely on, on Buddha. We don't rely on Mohammed. We don't rely on our own strength. We don't rely on some ideas. We don't rely on culture. The power for living, for having a direction in life, for being encouraged, for having joy... Is the Lord, is the Lord. The Old Testament word that's used here is Yahweh. He is the Lord. It's the same word that Moses heard at the burning bush. God named himself. He said, I am that I am. In other words, he's the God over everything. The God over everything. So let's get this in summation. Summation. The God of everything is definitely my personal shepherd. I hope that's an encouragement to you this morning. There's a hope, there's a strength, there's a direction, and that's what the Lord has given us. We're also, as you look through the rest of that chapter, you see five ways that it says that there are five things that we never have to worry about needing. In fact, the second phrase in verse one is that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <laughs> when I was a little boy, you know what I thought? It was weird. It said, the Lord is my shepherd. I had to memorize this for Sunday school, you know. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I wondered, Why am I not supposed to want the Lord? I was a a little confused, you know. But when I turned 23, I figured out, (laughs) somewhere in there, I found out that what that means is I shall not be in want. I won't be in a place where I need something that I really need. Oh, there's things I want that I might not have, but there are never a thing that we really need that the Lord won't provide for us. Praise the Lord for that. I shall not want. Well, what are some things that we will not want, be in want of? The first one is rest. I will not be in want of rest. Now, that's an important thing for me. Sometimes I have trouble sleeping. Sometimes I'm uh, agitated. But what is really, what is rest? How about rest from the burden of sin? How about rest from the worry that I have to control and organize my whole life? And instead, I can trust a shepherd who wants to lead me and guide me and take me to the place that I'm supposed to be at. I can rest in that thought. I don't have to figure everything out. I don't have to know what's next. I don't have to know what, whether this sermon's going to turn out all right. Because I trust a shepherd, a shepherd who's at work. There are mornings when I get up and I'm not so happy. But we could have worries about lots of things. We could worry about our health. We could worry about finances. We could worry about relationships. We could worry about our loved ones. Anybody worry about any of those things? Yeah, we do, we do. But what can we do with that? We can take them to the Lord and find rest in him. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. We have a source, we have a hope, and that's our Lord. Looking at verse 3, it says, He restores my soul. He leads in the path of righteousness. The Lord understands and he guides us. My habit first thing in the morning is to read my Bible and pray. Now that doesn't mean that has to be the exact pattern that you have in your life. But I'll tell you this. It's what I need first thing in the morning to get my head straight. To give myself a a framework for what the rest of the day is going to be about. I read his word and I pray. Those things are important. You might have heard the story about a little boy who, and a farmer, the farmer was in his barn and he had a very uh, much liked watch, an antique pocket watch. And somewhere in all the hay in in the barn, he left that watch somewhere. And he couldn't find it, and he looked, and he looked, and he couldn't find the watch. He had his friends come in and try to help him get that watch and, and find it for him, but they couldn't do it. Some, some neighborhood children tried, and they looked all around. They couldn't find the watch. And he had just about given up hope. And a little boy came up to him, kind of tugged at his sleeve, and said, Could you give me just one more try, please? Please? One more try. And so the little boy went into the barn, came out in about five minutes, holding the watch in his hand. And the farmer said, how did you do it? How did you find that watch? He said, well, I just went in the middle of the barn, I sat down, let everything be quiet, and I could hear the tick, tick, tick of the watch. And that's how he found it. Sometimes you and I have to get quiet before the Lord. We have to hear what he wants to say to us. We have to read his word. We have to pray. Get quiet and listen to him. It's wonderful what you hear. And by the way, I apologize to all the young, younger listeners today who only know about digital watches and don't know that a watch goes tick, tick, tick. <laughs> Verse 4. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We all have trials and fears, not the least of which is the fear of death. But how different for the person who knows that the shepherd is in control, who can take care of all of our fears. As a visiting pastor in this church, I've seen people get just the worst diagnoses possible. And yet they've trusted the Lord and they found they found relief from that fear. They found strength through it. I've seen people get diagnosis of dying. And the Lord has healed some of those people. But I've seen others that still have that strong faith right to the end. That the Lord loves them. The Lord has something better for them because death is not the end. Not on the death on this life, on this planet. That's not the end. That's only a transition. For the Christian, for the believer in the Lord Jesus, who, is, who knows his sins are forgiven, there's eternity to go forward to. And there's comfort as we walk through the valley of the shadow. Verse 5. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Interesting the Hebrew word for follow me, it's a word used to describe a wild beast charging after you, and you're fleeing from it. A wild beast going after you. I think you see a wild beast up there. Yeah, the wild beast is the one on top, not... That word talks about Goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy follow us. We sing a song, and we're going to sing it in a few minutes, about how his love chases after us, just like a wild beast. But we don't have to run away because it's a wonderful thing that he's chasing after us for. Let me explain that picture a little bit. We were in the country of Botswana in Africa, and we were looking for things to do, and we signed up on the sheet for a, a, a cruise to the neighboring country of Namibia. Well, what I didn't know is the cruise was on a motorboat that only three people could fit on, including the driver and Joan and myself. Well, we got out there, and it looked kind of scary because we were on a river, and the river was filled with hippopotamuses, and alligators and I'm aquaphobic (sighs) I saw those hippopotamuses that you see did you know that the hippopotamus is the most dangerous land animal on the whole planet well I saw their little heads bopping out of the river there and I looked on the shore and there were the alligators and then I'm getting on this boat and it's not much of a boat (laughs) So what I did was, I, I went at, uh, he said, Mister, you sit here. And I well, that was a bad accent. That wasn't what he sounded like at all. Anyway, um, he, I went up and I sat on the front of the boat and we took off. And I started singing hymns, especially hymns about heaven. <laughs> when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. I did that all the way to Namibia. But it's... Because the joy of the Lord overflows and and overcomes all those fears. That's what I had in my life. And so I could call on that, that the Lord was the one who was doing that. And then the the sixth point, the sixth verse, I should say, is about eternal life. We have no lack of eternal life. How could you have lack of eternal life? It lasts forever and ever and ever and it's a wonderful thing. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What an encouragement that is. Well, I think we have a picture there of a little boy. That's my grandson, Aiden when he was two and a half years old. And he was at the table where we were eating My sister had just passed away, and and this little two-and-a-half-year-old is trying to deal with what that means to him, that his aunt had had died. And he had talked to his mom about it. And he looked up at me, and his lip was kind of, you know, up like this, and he was kind of quivering. I thought he was going to cry, and he said, Grandpa, Mommy says you're going to die someday, too. It was so cute, but what was really neat about it was I was able to share with him this truth. That if you've put your faith in Jesus, you will live forever. I've put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to live forever. And you know what? You and I can be together forever and ever, Aiden. It cheered him up. And I believe that he trusts the Lord this day. So praise God for all that he's doing. And that's why the 23rd Psalm is so important. It was written 3,000 years ago. And yet it's so relevant to our needs and our situation today. I'll be back after the song that we sing to share some insights from the life of a shepherd. And why that was especially uh, insightful. Insights are like that. They can be insightful. (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd. Five great Encouraging
2: words.
0: Love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me.
1: And so David, as you know, was a shepherd. And so as a shepherd, he got certain insights. He lived with them 24-7. And some of those insights helped him to understand what our relationship is to be and can be and can be rejoiced in with the Lord. He knew what it was like. It was different than shepherding that you might see Here in Lebanon County. It wasn't an enclosure where the sheep were kept. It was a year-long journey for David. He would take the sheep and he would take them from one place to another, to another, to another. So that there was a new field for them throughout the year. And in that journey, he would do everything he could for them. All those things we just talked about before. He would give his life for them we can know that the Lord is with us in our journey all the time. And he not only might give his life for us, he already did. He gave his life for us. David knew that a shepherd had to do some sacrifice. And what he was foretelling was that Jesus one day would be the greatest sacrifice of all for us. Verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Interesting that he had to make the sheep lie down. You know sheep have a well-deserved reputation for being dumb animals. Sheep tend to wander off. They drink from polluted wells. Yuck. One sheep may walk off a cliff, and I'm told that if, that sometimes what happens is the next sheep will follow him, and the next sheep will follow him, and they all walk off the cliff. Sheep are skittish. They won't lay down if they're anxious about something. They won't lie down if they sense predators. They won't lie down if there's friction within the herd of sheep. They won't lie down if there's flies and bugs bothering them. They just don't take to it too well. They need a shepherd to help them, to let them know that it's okay. He speaks calmly to them. He prepares the place around them. And then they can lay down. That's what our shepherd has done for us. He speaks lovingly and warmly through this psalm and through many portions of Scripture to tell us that he cares. And we don't have to be so skittish because we are kind of like the sheep. We wander about sometimes. We're worried about all the predators, all the problems that there are in life. We're even involved in friction with others sometimes. And we drink from the polluted wells Of the world's ideas sometimes. Sometimes we might even follow other humans off a cliff. At least a cliff of bad ideas. But we have a shepherd who cares and offers his protection for us as we follow him. It saves us from all of that. Praise the Lord for that. Verse 3. He restores our soul. When he said, we shall not be in want, he didn't mean that we have a problem-free life. David himself laments in, in Psalm 42, 11, he says, Why are you cast down, my soul? Why is it so disquieted inside of me? That word cast down that he uses is kind of interesting because if you look at that sheep, It's pretty pathetic looking. You have to to agree. It's pretty pathetic. That poor sheep is lying on his back with the four legs up. That's called a cast down or a cast sheep. And what happens with the sheep is that they perhaps get caught in a a stickers and and they try to get loose and they might fall and end up on their back. Or sometimes it's just simply that the wool is so heavy and, and... Perhaps has a lot of junk in it that makes them uneven and they fall down and they can't get up. They don't have the the facility to do that. And the longer they're there, the harder it is because all their bodily fluids go down by gravity into the bottom of that picture there. And that poor sheep can't get up. Maybe David was thinking about that when he said he was cast down. Have you ever felt like that? You don't know how you're going to get up. You don't know how you're going to get out of a situation. But what does the Lord do? The Lord comes and rescues us. And that's the shepherd's job to to go and rescue them. In fact, a shepherd counts all his sheep and makes sure that the same number is there that he started with. And if not, he thinks perhaps one is back. And it needs writing. And that's exactly what the Lord does for us. He writes us up turns us over, loves us, sends us on our way. Praise God that he is a great, wonderful, loving, powerful shepherd that can take care of any situation in our life. And notice at the end of that verse, it says, for his name's sake. He does this for his name's sake. In other words, we get to see the character of God When we see a person who is cast down and brought back. We can see it in our own lives and we can praise God for that. And when we see other people that that has happened to. And God has helped them and brought them along. We're seeing God's character. What an amazing thing that God would want to display his character through sinful people like me and like you. Praise God. We're cast down, but we can be brought up by the Savior. Amen and amen. Verse 4 talks about the valley of the shadow. In that year-long journey that the sheep would take, there would invariably be a place where they'd have to go alongside of a mountain or in some precarious way. And that would be a death thought place. You never know whether one could fall off the side or whatever. But notice that it says that they pass through. They pass through the valley of the shadow. Death is not a destination. Death is something that sheep had to pass through to get up to the next next field. (laughs) And for the Christian... Death is not a destination. It's something we're going to have to pass through before we get to the destination that God has for us. Praise God. Praise God for that. It talks about the rod and the staff. The staff was used... And it didn't fall down. The staff was used to show to the sheep, that the shepherd loved them. And if they got caught in the thicket, he'd take this, wrap it around that sheep, and bring them up to safety. That's what God does for us. We get caught in some problems and troubles and trials and heartaches and pain. The shepherd is there to to bring us up. And in other ways, he even uses this in families, because the sheep mother sometimes doesn't bond immediately with the baby. And if, uh, if the shepherd were to just take him personally to the, the mother, what could happen is the mother would reject the baby because it smelled the human on it. So he would take this and bring them together. God works in our families too, doesn't he? He has a staff, and he cares for us. But it wasn't just the staff that he had. It was also a rod. And the shepherds... well I'll get it later. (laughs) The The shepherd, one of his biggest jobs was to protect the sheep from all the predators that were around. Boom, 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 boom. Well, I got too close. Son. Sorry, that lady in the front row is a little worried right now. God protects us. I don't know, I can't tell you how many times I'm sure that God protected me from what could have been the end of my life. God knows us, he cares for us, and he protects us, he gives us everything that we need for protection his rod and his staff. Verse 5. He prepares a table before me. Some commentators think that that verse is referring to uh, a, a new metaphor. It's not talking about sheep anymore. And they might be right. They're talking about the, 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 the joy of... of uh, the table where you're being refreshed and you're celebrating and God's keeping the bad guys away. Yeah, that's good. And if that's what it means, great. That's another reason to thank the Lord. But I think that he got this from his shepherding experience. Because in the fall of the year, the shepherd uh, would bring them to a tableland. A tableland. And before he brought them to the tableland, he would clear out the area, and make it safe for the sheep. He prepared a tableland before them in the presence of the enemies of the sheep. And then if a sheep did get caught in the thicket, he would bring the sheep to himself with that staff. Bring the sheep to himself and put ointment on their head. What a beautiful thing. That's what the Lord does for us. He brings us to himself in the midst of it all. And we can celebrate. And we can also know that we're, we're being given ointment of healing on each one of us. In verse 6, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Now that was a happy time. Like that picture? Good, because... All the other pictures I wanted to get for it were copywritten and I couldn't use them. <laughs> anyway, yes, they were. it was a beautiful time for the sheep because they had been through all the adventures of snowy winters and, and getting into the new tableland and all the different uh, predators that tried to attack them. And now they were coming home. They were coming back to where they were. And, and if I were a sheep, I'd be pretty happy too because I know that... They had a good reason to be happy. Not that they understood this, but they were happy afterwards. All the bugs and the flies and the infestations that were in its wool would be sheared off. And that's what heaven's going to be like for us all of the infestations of all the failures, of all the problems, it's gonna be gone, it's gonna be shaved off, and we'll be bouncing around and running free. Hallelujah, hallelujah. David got some insights about shepherding. And most important for us, the Lord is our shepherd. Bill Johnson is going to play a song about the Lord's my shepherd. And what I'd encourage us to do at this time is to, is to think about all that the Lord has done for you. I'll be thinking about all the Lord has done for me. And say, thank you, Lord, that you're my shepherd. As we hear this song. John 10, 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Oh, praise God. This is Jesus. This is me. This is life. This is what we can rejoice in today. We have so much to praise the Lord for. And I'm going to give us all a chance now to praise him. I'll say 10 different great things Jesus has provided for us as our shepherd. After I say them, I will say, praise his name. And and I'd like to ask you to consider responding with a praise his name. Say that back after I say it. Or some other word of praise that you like to use. Hallelujah. Amen. And if we had a little mix of all that, that'd be even better. But let's try it. Praise His name! Amen. Oh, that was great. Great. A little bit of everything. I love it. Okay, I'm going to keep my notes in front of me this time because I want to read this because I don't want to miss a word of what we can praise the Lord for. Verse one, in verse one, we see that we have an eternal relationship with the shepherd that is now and forever. Praise His name. Amen. Ah. In verse 2, it says, he makes us lie down in his rest. He gives us every opportunity to let him be our guiding shepherd. Praise his name. Yes. He restores our soul when we are discouraged. And in so doing, he reflects his loving character. Praise his name. Verse 4, he says, death is just a passing through. It gives us the great eternal perspective On death and on eternal life, praise His name. All right, it's only the fifth one. You're letting up a little bit. That's good. (laughs) Number six, verse four. He puts us close with his staff and defeats the enemy of our souls with his rod. Praise His name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In verse five, a table is mentioned. Whether it's a table or a table land. It reminds us of the communion table. The body of Jesus was broken and his blood was shed for us. Sin and death were defeated. Praise his name. All right. Yes. Yes. He anoints our head with oil. He gives us comfort. Praise his name. In verse 5, our cup runs over. He took the cup of suffering so that we could have the overflowing cup of joy. Praise his name. Tenth, verse 6. It says, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's making a home for us right now. John 14, 2 says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Praise His name. Amen. Amen. Hey, that was great. Thank you. 1971, John Denver wrote a song called Country Roads Take Me Home. Beautiful song about the... Uh, Hills of West Virginia and the thought of, of going home. I liked the song. It was beautiful. Um, but I also thought it was missing something. It seemed like the best thing in life was seeing West Virginia. Now, West Virginia is very nice. I like West Virginia, Drove, driven through there, and it's beautiful. But I know a place that's better than West Virginia. It's called heaven. And so when I was 19 or 20, I wrote... This song to the words, to the tune of John Denver's song, but they're the words that I think we can celebrate. So I'd like it if you sang the song with me today and we'd have some fun with it, just rejoicing in the fact that we have heaven to look forward to. Get those words up there. (laughs) Please. Pretty please. I think I know the words. But the band, we only practiced this once, right? Yeah, you know the words. There they are. What do you know? Thoughts of heaven in my mind
0: now. Golden streams there, diamond for the...
2: Life don't end there, never ends at all, greatest thing about it, I'll be there with my Lord, take me home on the glory.
1: is fantastic. Are you encouraged this morning? All right. Praise the Lord. Well, as long as we've been doing things that are a little bit different, we're going to do one more thing that's a little bit different this morning. I'm going to give a benediction, but it's going to be a singing benediction. It'll also be a review of everything that we've learned today.
2: because the lord is my shepherd i have everything that i need he lets me rest in meadows green and he leads me beside the quiet stream he keeps on giving life to me and he helps me to do what honors him the most even when walking through the dark valley of death valley of death i will never be afraid for he is close beside me guarding guiding all the way HE SPREADS A FEAST BEFORE ME IN THE PRESENCE OF MY ENEMIES. HE WELCOMES ME AS a SPECIAL GUEST WITH BLESSINGS OVERFLOWING. HIS GOODNESS AND UNFAILING KINDNESS SHALL BE WITH ME ALL OF MY LIFE. And afterwards I will live with him forever, forever in his home. Forever in his home. Forever in his home. home. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for what you've given to us.
1: Lord, help us to go out this week all with rejoicing in our heart. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Go enjoy the shepherd today and tell other people about him.